0: Sit down and ask her her name When the drinks finally hit her She said I'm no quitter But I finally quit living on dreams I'm hungry for laughter And here ever after I'm after whatever the other life brings In the mirror I saw him And I closely watched him how he out of place. Spine-tingling greetings to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowler's podcast part of your day. Those amazing tunes that you just heard are, as always, courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey, and I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. Today we find ourselves on Highway 70, not too terribly far from the border of Colorado. The stretch of road I'm going to be talking about is about 11 miles, give or take, worth in Wyoming, starting in Encampment and ending in Slaughterhouse Gulch. Legend has it. It is believed that there is a spirit of a miner who was killed back in the later part of the 1800s. It's said that this miner perished after a dynamite blast went horrifically wrong. The story goes that these guys were out searching for gold in the Wyoming rugged wilderness, in the mountains, when the worst of the worst happens. Tragedy strikes. And whether this legend has truth to it or not, What is known is that there have been several sightings of a miner dating back to the early 1900s. Legend or truth, something or someone is definitely out there. The man. He's in the stagecoach being pulled by his trusting horses when all of a sudden they become spooked. Argentina, Cochise, what's wrong? Calm down, girls. Calm down. What's going on? He cannot help but feel fear in his own heart. He looks around. What is going on? Something is just not right. You know you get that feeling when in your heart, in your soul, every fiber of your being is saying, hey, something's not right here. Something is going to happen. (laughs) One of the sightings includes a man who is a stagecoach driver, he ends up seeing a mysterious man on the road. The man then, poof, vanishes into thin air. This encounter left the man baffled, shocked, and stunned, so much so to the point that he quits his job as stagecoach driver, and it absolutely terrified his horses as well. In 1917, a group of forest strangers are enjoying a nice dinner on the side of the road when a miner, or a man who resembles a miner, walks by them. He does not speak to them. He does not even glance their way. It's as if the men are not even there. He doesn't even acknowledge their existence. The men could not help but notice that as the stranger walked, they could not hear his footsteps, not one single peep. Now, guys, that's weird, obviously. Even the lightest of walkers, you can hear something, but not with this mysterious fellow. If that was not trippy enough, the man, well, he suddenly vanishes. And in my time of being a paranormal investigator, there have been several times where I caught disembodied footsteps through my recorder. These are footsteps that I never heard with my own ears, when in some cases I did hear them, but we could not debunk who it was or anybody that was around us. Like one time while I was in Cripple Creek at the Outlaws and Lawmen Jail Museum, and we were sitting there in the upstairs part, and all of a sudden you just hear these footsteps walking towards you, walking up the catwalk up those stairs and walking towards us. And people have experienced that in the past in that location. So it's really cool. But this dude, not a single sound. So that is really, really interesting to me. And again, that's creepy enough. But then he just vanishes before the ranger's eyes. Then the following year, That being 1918, a family is out camping in the area, and they claim to have heard a man cough. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. (coughs) When they check to see who is near their campsite, they see a man walking past them. And it is extremely obvious to this family by looking at this man that he is not of this world. Now, I've seen apparitions in my day where it's like you could touch them. They're right there. Then there's been other times where it's like, okay, that dude or chick ain't from here or not anymore, at least. So really interesting stuff for sure. And again, these people aren't here to investigate the paranormal. They're just going on a camping trip. They're just wanting to get some R&R, relax with the family, just hang out, create some fun new camping memories. Then, of course, we have the hitchhiker legend. Now, Unlike your typical hitchhiking ghosts, myths, and legends, almost every town has one of those, this one is different and not really a hitchhiker at all. It's a man who does not want to ride, mind you, but he's actually looking for the right person to properly find his location of burial, or lack of burial, and properly bury his remains so he can finally rest in peace for all eternity. We now walk away from the legends of Slaughterhouse Gulch, and we're now going to talk about a woman named Polly Bartlett. And I'm unsure of how Slaughterhouse Gulch got its name, but I would not be surprised in the very slightest if this woman was one of those reasons behind the name, Slaughterhouse Gulch. Polly is believed to be the very first serial killer in Wyoming Territory. Back then, the old-timer folks referred to this area as Dakota Country. And at one time, Polly and her father, Jim Bartlett, ran a saloon somewhere in Ohio. Don't know about the whereabouts, but somewhere in Ohio. Now, Polly, she would distract a man with sexual advances. And let's not dance around the subject, but basically it was prostitution. While Daddy Dearest would rob the client-slash-victim. The very first person that they robbed, they were able to get away with $4,000 off of this man. Now, mind you, she died in 1868. So it was well before 68 that they got this big sum of money because this was the beginning. And let's just say they were hooked. Okay? Why did this just have to be a one-time sort of deal? They saw dollar signs, my friends, and they went for it, and many people would pay the ultimate price. Their lives. Now, once the Bartletts got their grubby hands on someone else's hard-earned cash, they knew how to keep going. This was too sweet of a deal. Hey, father-daughter activity, Father-daughter stuff. They do it all the time. Hey, let's go for a walk. Let's do this. Oh, hey, let's rob people. I'll have sex with them while you rob them. Sounds fun to me. Not. So they end up having this lodging house. And weary travelers and oftentimes wealthy travelers, they come and they stay here. Polly then would give them a nice meal, oftentimes a steak, and some sort of booze usually whiskey, they trustingly consumed it. They didn't think anything was wrong with this picture. They felt safe. They gave the people money. They're staying here like anybody would in a lodging situation. I would consume it. Hey, you put a steak in front of Tessa Morrow, and especially if it's a nice, rare, tender, flavorful "Mm, steak, it's going to get eaten. You put a whiskey in front of me, some coffin varnish. Baby, that's going to get drank. So these people think, okay, here we are staying in this awesome lodging house. This woman is more than accommodating. A steak and whiskey? Yes, please. Sign me up. Well, you know how some chefs and bakers and cooks, they often do not share their secret ingredient? I mean, they'll share a recipe, but it's just like, mm, this ingredient makes it mine. Well, Any guesses on what Polly Bartlett's secret ingredient was? Arsenic, my friends. Yeah, this chick was not messing around. Once that stuff was in their system, they were screwed. And death, well, death was not too far behind. It was a disgusting, fatal family affair. And it's said that her own father, Jim, would help her conceal the bodies Once they died, the Bartletts, they would help themselves to all the possessions, oftentimes worth a lot of money. And when authorities or family members would come and knock and Hello, is anybody there? At the door and snoop around. The Bartlett duo would fib and say, Oh God, you know what? Yeah, John Doe, Jane Doe, they were just here, but guess what? You just missed them. Some rascally outlaw or some riley Native American came over and kidnapped them. Oh God, too bad, so sad. What did you expect us to do? We ourselves would have gotten hurt. Please tell it to the press. Unfortunately, Many of the people that went missing around this time, well, they went unnoticed. This was during the Old West days. We're in Wyoming. Many people came. Many people went. Some came back. Some never to be seen again. During that time, that wasn't out of the ordinary. Now, sometimes they went on to greener pastures, or sometimes they were six feet under a serial killer's lawn. Now, some assumed it was Indians who took the missing. It's happened before. Hey, maybe it's happened again. While others believe that the missing were victims of highway robbery, as that was a huge thing back then as well. Dangerous times then, my friends. Dangerous times indeed. We had the Native Americans. We had highway robbery. We had the outlaws. But it's like, I don't think people had it in their minds that, okay, this is a serial killer duo. Mind you, a woman being the main culprit, who is responsible. Even to this day, there's not that many women serial killers. Now, they're out there, obviously, definitely out there, but it's still not that common. Now, Polly Bartlett, also known as the Murderess of Slaughterhouse Gulch, that would like sounds like that would be like a good movie, right? The Murderess of Slaughterhouse Gulch. I could totally write a script right now about that. Now, it's said that Polly Bartlett and her father, they murdered 22 people, at least. One of the people they kill is not dismissed and brushed under the rug, and he is very much missed. His presence, it's noticed that he is not around. What happened to him? And I wish it could be said like that for all the other victims. And some were missed, some were searched for, but again, it just, you know was a common thing where people came and went. Now, one was a man named Theodore Fountain. He was the son of Bernard Fountain. He was a very wealthy and successful man. He was the owner of several mines. And in 1868, Bernard hires help from the Pinkerton Detective Agency. The Bartlett's they soon realize, hey, we're in hot water. People are searching for us. And they take off in a hiding, as most cowards do. And as authorities investigate and start searching the property of the Bartletts, and they make a very eerie discovery. Several bodies buried on the Bartlett Inn property. Now there was at least one man who survived the wrath of Polly and Jim Bartlett. And that was a man named Ed Ford. He manages to escape with his life from the deadly father and daughter duo. Now, he was not a huge drinker, and he declined the toxic and would-be fatal cocktail. He knew something was wrong, though, and he ends up escaping, thankfully. Again, those spidey senses. He's like, something's not right with this crazy broad and her dad. Like, something's going on, and oh boy, I'm going to find out what it is. Now, too bad he did not share this encounter with his brother Sam, because not too long after Ed Ford's encounter, his brother Sam Ford is traveling through the area and he ends up staying at the fatal Bartlett Inn. And he is never seen or heard from again, much to his family's dismay. Ed, he sounds the alarm when he reaches out to the sheriff and convinces him that something fishy is going on at the Bartlett Inn and they need to take a look and investigate the matter immediately. They are a little too accommodating with their steaks and whiskey, let's just put it that way. And it wasn't the Pinkerton detectives who brought Holly and Jim Bartlett to justice, but it was Ed Ford himself. He was on the killer's trail. When he catches up with them, he shoots Jim Bartlett, killing him. Yes. He then manages to bring Polly Bartlett into authorities where she is sentenced and handed the death penalty. She will be hanged. Justice will soon be a knockin' baby. Well, Ford, he collects the reward after tracking them down. Rightfully so. And I can only imagine what went through his mind. Like he was almost killed by this couple, by this deadly father and daughter. They preyed on him. And he almost didn't make it out alive. And thankfully, he was not a whiskey man, and he declined. No way, Jose. But they took his brother. Now, I don't know if Ed and Sam were close, but he was furious when this happened. And he found justice. He took care of business, and oh my God, that must have felt so good. He took out one of his brother's killers, and, you know, he was responsible for the capture Of the other one, the main culprit in this case, Polly Bartlett herself. That would be a great feeling for sure. So when it comes to Polly, her execution is coming. She remains in a jail cell. And, you know, do you think I'm going to say she was executed and that's the end of the story? No. Uh Uh-uh. The very first night she is in jail, a man named Otto Kalkhorst, who happened to be one of Bernard Fountain's miners, Remember, Bernard, his son, went missing, and that's the reason kind of this all came to light. Well, he comes to the jail, and he shoots the serial killer right through the jail cell bars. Polly Bartlett, killer of at least 22 people, does not survive this shooting. Thank the heavens. I'm sure her victims are not mourning over that. Now, thankfully, he was never tried for the killing. She is scheduled to be executed anyway, so, I mean, really, who cares? She killed at least, at least 22 people, right? So, I mean, to me, it's like she was a bad person. In this case, with Polly getting killed by Otto through the jail cell... Sorry, girl, that's karma, honey. You could have done something else in your life. You could have bettered yourself. You could have did things and helped people or helped yourself, not to other people's money, but to other things that wouldn't get you executed or shot in a jail cell. Just saying. Now, some people believe, including even a couple historians, that Polly Bartlett was not a serial killer. That there's no proof that this did not happen and that it's just like a fairy tale of some sorts. I, you know, again, it's like, kind of like, do you believe this or not? You know, is this a myth? Is it a legend? Is it true? What really happened? I don't know. This week's special city shout outs go to Marseille, France. And I feel so bad for them right now with the riots. That's just horrible. My heart goes out to all the victims. Woodford Green, England, Sholo, Arizona, Greenock, Scotland, and Altoona, Pennsylvania. You guys, as always, thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated for making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your morning, day, night, midnight, early dawn, It doesn't matter what time you're listening or where you're listening from, from the tiny little village to the big city. It is absolutely appreciated. Every single one of you is phenomenal and rock stars in my book. So thank you so much and be sure to check out next Monday's freshest episode. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are all phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? Really, there's no need to cry. You could hit up any of those phenomenal podcast platforms such as Blueberry, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic. Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. Do you have an idea for a topic that you think would be really great on the up? podcast i love recommendations i do hit me up do you have a spooky story of your own to share maybe you want to be a future voiceover for an episode that doesn't even exist yet i mean you could portray a killer a monster a myth or a legend somebody something (laughs) Reach out to me, you guys, at paraprowl at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Paranormal Prowler's podcast Facebook page. I'm always getting people joining. Throw me a message. Shoot me a comment, a post, whatever. And you can find me on Twitter, at paraprowl. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week.